Hey Diamonds! We are here in studio with two incredible women from the Kokomo Post, Erin Larison and Pam Downing. Erin Larison is native to Syracuse, New York, who moved to Kokomo in 2004 for a job in local journalism. After careers in both newspaper and nonprofit, the lure of entertainment brought her back to the Kokomo Post, where she helps manage, schedule, create, and deliver the freshest content on all the Post channels. Pam Downing is a Chicago area transplant who moved here in 2010 and loves Kokomo and all things media. You can find her on podcasts, appearing in videos, choosing weekly post picks, and crafting the occasional article. Get ready to hear more about their stories of being a transplant to Kokomo and the risks that they took to invest in the Kokomo Post and in themselves. Grab a notebook and a pen. We are United State of Women. Woohoo! Welcome, welcome, ladies. Hey, ladies. Hey. Hi. <laughs> so thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to come hang out with us. We're so excited to have you here in studio. This is so much fun. The setup is beautiful. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm excited to get to spend time with you guys. You know, I'm fans of both of you. And so to get to do this in such a, a just a different, cool way, it's, it's, it's fun. And we just appreciate you inviting us here. We're excited to have you here. You know, I've always had love for Aaron. So it's Same. so cool to be here with you. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. So girl chat, girl yes. chat. So Aaron, we'll start with you. You know, can you share a little bit more of your, your background and how you ended up in Kokomo? How long you got? Uh, <laughs> um, so I was a... Um, Badly dressed, terrible haircut, uh, 22-year-old when I moved here. And I was just just graduated college and through just a crazy series of events, I knew some folks who had worked in Kokomo previously and I wanted to go and work someplace small. I really, I was covering politics at the time. I wanted to work in a red state and, mm-hmm. and hone sort of that craft and how, you know, knowing that i personally have some pretty liberal views, right? So how do I practice and, and learn objectivity? How do I just experience something new? So I took a job here and I thought I would be here for one year, tops. And <laughs> I like really distinctly remember being on uh, one of my first assignments with a photographer at the Tribune, where again, they had, I don't know why, they had hired me as a government reporter, even though I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about oh what I gosh. was doing. You know, I was just... I was a, a hotshot kid who had graduated well and had some good internships and had, you know, hustled. And and so I'm on this ride along and we're we're going to shoot. It it was like there had been stolen ammonia at a farm someplace. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've got this like 40 minute ride out to like Amboy or this somewhere. Oh right. And he said that he'd been here for 15 years. And my arrogant self was like, oh, man, what a. What a sad, sad guy that is. <laughs> That'll never be me. <laughs> and so 17 years later now, <laughs> I am happily here. Yeah, I mean, one year turned into two and two years turned into, man, I really, this is a great paper. Mm. I got to do everything. I So I covered county government, covered a little bit of city government, and then they, the paper had wanted to start an entertainment tab. And I was really interested in, in young readership. And they let, you know, my 22-year-old self create this tab called Friday. And so I did that for a lot of years. I wrote a column every week where I just talked about being literally a dumb 20-something, learning to, oh. like, how do I date? How do I figure out how to be a grown-up? I 
some of those columns are such so cringy. Like <laughs> having this like public diary of of me trying to navigate being a grown up. Like, <laughs> oh, can I pull it out? <laughs> can I take it off? <laughs> so yeah, did that for about nine years, and then through that, I started teaching some fitness classes at a at a for profit yeah. gym. Really, and and got really involved in the church community, and really started to fall in love with Kokomo. And then, and then along the way, I fell in love with a boy, <laughs> Mister Drew. Drew. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you can read the columns. I fell in love with several of the wrong boys. <laughs> Met Drew and ended up moving over to do marketing communications for the YMCA. Great organization that I'm. I'm very, very continue to be very passionate about. I worked there for about nine years, and about probably a year and a half ago, as Drew really launched the Kokomo Post, kind of without me. I mean, like, <laughs> not in a bad way, but Drew said, hey, I think that there is room in mm. Kokomo for something that is uh, hyper-local, hyper-positive, but also how are people consuming media? How are people consuming entertainment? It looks different than it used to mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, man, I... I think that we could do this. And so I said, okay. And, you know, I believe in Drew very much. And and so he really started the Kokomo Post. And I kind of watched on the sidelines for a while. And, man. And then maybe about maybe a year and a half, year ago, I started thinking, like, man, maybe this is... I mean, is it a coincidence that, <laughs> that my husband started yeah. a, an entertainment publication and that he's married to me? Like, oh, man, maybe I want to do this. So talked about it about it long time and and eventually in october of last year i made the decision to hey i'm wow. gonna do this i'm gonna take this i took a crazy leap to come to the y i loved the y deeply and so took a crazy leap to come back and build the post and it's been so much fun scary wow. but a lot of fun yeah well and i know we're gonna get more into like the risks that, you, that came with you know you switching careers like that but i'm have to just say you know for those of the listeners that don't know, Aaron went through a lot of transition with the Y. You know, in the time that I've lived here, yeah. we had a parking garage built. <laughs> yep. And I remember when we were just a little lot mm-hmm. and we had a new facility built, right? And that yeah. came with a lot of interesting mm. stressors in itself, just building a brand new facility in oh, the yeah. state. It, uh, yeah, that was crazy. I mean, the process from, and I came right in at what a what a cool time that I sort of got to slide in. There had been people working on that project for 20 years, and I kind of sneaked in right at the tail end, got to be part of the design process, got to watch it be built. I mean, the amount that I learned in that time from it, you know, going from plans to being built to filling it with people and really trying to reshape the community's health. I mean, there's like, how fortunate am I to have gotten this front row seat to that? Because there were, there were a ton of people who have worked for years and years to make that possible. So it was cool. And really I felt cool. just as grateful, you know, even just, you know, the signing of the I-beam and <clears throat> yeah. the time capsule. I mean, things that will, mm-hmm. you know, in the future know that you left your mark and that things are left here. And, you know, people that weren't here before that time really don't know how exciting that progression was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, th- that was... It was, cra- it was a $16 million project. I mean, that was so nuts to see that raised in our community. I mean, almost that entire amount was raised. It was it was just a neat process to see how does that happen? Yeah. How does, you know, because we all say like, oh, I want, boy, I wish, I wish Kokomo had a 
I don't know. Why don't we have a, a King's Island here? <laughs> right? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You hear yeah, people yeah. say Just a lot a of those huge, things. huge, huge vision, right? Yeah. And, and I think it's really easy to say like, oh, man, why don't we have this thing? You know, why don't we have Outlet Mall here, right? Why don't we have a fill in the blank, right? Mm-hmm. It's really easy to kind of toss those out there. I'm like, man, oh, boy, really wish we had a Cedar Point here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's to to be able to see the work, the process, the really painstaking amount that's involved in in building something and creating something of that magnitude holy cow i Mm -hmm. mean just what a gift for me to have have been able to sort of watch that and see how that happened and you know so much of my work at the y is informing how i'm able to work at the post now yeah and that's exactly the parallel that i was looking at for Mm -hmm. you it really gave you a bird's eye view right and how success is being won when you have lofty goals, when you've got such a big dream and you've got a daunting task ahead of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So no wonder that the Kokomo Post is as successful as it is and as it continues to be and why before we kicked off the this, this segment here, we were talking about how you guys are expanding and growing. So how cool yeah. is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So cool. So Pam, we don't want to leave you in the dark here. Yeah. You know, you've got to tell <laughs> us this story is so interesting to me. How can you come from Chicago to Kokomo mm. and love Kokomo so very much? <laughs> well, my story is very different from Aaron's. It involves maybe more personal elements that mm-hmm. I will share. So I went to college in Marion, Indiana. If you're not from the area, it's probably about 40 minutes away from here. Met who at the time was like a grown man, you know, this, this individual was 23. So as as a college student, I'm like, wow, fell in love. Uh, Let me give you the cliff notes. Got engaged, fell in love. We're living in Indy. Both had like traumatic firings from jobs that we both loved Mm. two months before our wedding. So my, well, now husband, fired in September. Me fired in October, got married in November. Oh, my goodness. So we're like starting off on the right foot. And so um, my my husband comes from a generation of, generations of farmers. And many more things happened in, I'm going to, leap forward and say, so we find ourselves living in Greentown and my husband is farming and I reluctantly found myself (laughs) here. I always said, I love a big city. Both of our career paths I thought would take us out of Indiana. (laughs) And so really struggled for a while because all of my friends from college lived in different states it's hard to make friends as an adult. Found myself in a job <laughs> where I was commuting down to Indy area mm-hmm. for about eight years. And in those eight years, probably about halfway in, I, you know, w- wouldn't really talk about where I was from. I'd talk about that I was from Chicago area. The shift started happening where I really developed a sense of pride for my home specifically Howard County and Kokomo mm-hmm. because nice. although I worked in that area when we go on date nights when we hang when where we go to church where we do life was Kokomo yeah. and this was also the time where Kokomo was really revitalizing and mm-hmm. really developing and I found this shift happening where I was like wow 
I'm really proud of where I live. I love where I live. Yeah. Yep. Well, as the years went on, I realized, oh, why don't I work where I live? <laughs> and so spent some years in a nonprofit and church mm-hmm. organization. And actually, that's how I got connected with Drew. I We should fill in the blanks. So Drew is... Drew and Aaron co-own the business that I work for. And as Drew um, and I had these conversations and the interview process was happening, anytime I would talk to him or we'd email and he'd send me this list of of items that I that would be my responsibilities, I'd leave thinking, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. I, I don't know if that's me. And then the more I talked to friends prayed about it, reread it, another shift started happening that was like, yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I do have those gifts. I, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And so then all of a sudden, I had this incredible opportunity where I got, I got it all. <laughs> I got to work where I live. I got to do a job that tapped into skills that I had. And even, you know, imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. some skills that I'm like, I don't know if I have those yet, but I'm going to try and I'm going to figure it out. And so took this leap into Larison Media has, or pardon me, the Kokomo Post (laughs) has a sister company and that's where I started out. So I've gotten to be a part of the process as the Kokomo Post has grown into what it is today and it's been awesome. And like you referenced our, our pre-podcast conversation, we're still growing mm-hmm. and we're still learning. And I still have those days where I'm like, yes, I have what it takes. Yeah. And then the days where I'm like, mm, <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> Did they hire the right person? I don't know. But long answer to your question, I have cultivated a deep love for Kokomo. It I, it wasn't love at first sight, though. It took Same. me. It took me years. Yeah. At first, I w- I was reluctantly here because of the circumstances I found mm-hmm. myself in. But as time went on, you know, I matured as a person. I lived a lot of life. I I, I met those friends. I I did some hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's I think you and I have a really similar bit of our story in that, and that like I mean, I, again, I was here for a year. I was going to get some clips. Yeah. I was going to go back to New York. Very similarly, you yes. Know, my college core group of friends have exceptionally successful careers, and their spouses are exceptionally successful. And when I called and said, "Hey, mm-hmm. I met a guy," <laughs> <laughs> and he's wait for it, guys, because Drew's uh, substantially <laughs> younger than I am, right? So, and wait, guys, he's twenty one, <laughs> and he still lives at home, <laughs> and he. You know, has a job at a car dealership, and at the time, and uh, he was doing internet marketing for for a chain of car dealerships before his first agency. And but you know, he was when I met Drew, man, it was like, and this isn't like a love letter to Drew, but it was just like I, I just knew it was like being home. And so I, you know, called all of these friends to say like, I met the guy. Here's what he is on the paper, <laughs> and they were like. For real? <laughs> oh, oh my god! You're not coming back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it was very reluctant, and and it took. There was a lot of there was a lot of journey to get to the point where I was like, no, I really don't yeah. care if your husband is 
a professional athlete or like your husband is a oceanic physicist (laughs) sure right (laughs) legitimately right and and i don't care if your job is a high-powered attorney like yeah i'm gonna go work i'm gonna go work for the y and this is this is because this is where i think i'm supposed to be yeah and i believe in it and i want to build it and i want to like invest my time despite the fact that everybody else sort of said i don't think that's a good idea right so like that that level of even if you don't think it's a good idea, I'm still going to do it because I think it's a good idea. But man, like that, that took a long time for me to get there. Mm-hmm. Diamonds, I'm telling you, this is a real treat. <laughs> you should see Aaron's face. Oh, Drew, if you're listening, my goodness, you got her over here blushing. <laughs> She's gushing. I think it's funny, you know, in general, too, because I, I originally come from a pretty big city and, you know, Las Vegas and so Chicago and mm-hmm. Syracuse. You know, for listeners that don't know Kokomo, you know, this is like a city of 60,000 people. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. significantly small in compared to what we're used to. Right. But I'm listening to Pam talk about living in Greentown and it's like Greentown is even smaller. <laughs> yeah. like, there are like generations of families that are never going to leave that area. Yeah. Yes. The Downing family. You, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. The Downings are like OG Greentown. <laughs> like... Some there's, of them, yeah. There's some Greentown royalty, and there's some like deep roots, which I didn't, I didn't understand some of those things when I moved here, and yeah. uh, that like there are families, you know, the Stouts and Rucheville, and yeah, and, yeah. You know, there, there are families that like have deep ties that do those those roots are are deep, very deep. And um, so coming from you know out of state and moving to a place like Kokomo, it's really impressive to me the roots that you've been able to plant here locally. And, you know, I would love to hear more from either one of you, you know, what that journey looked like in terms of how easy was it for you to build those relationships in a tight-knit community like Kokomo? Mm -hmm. I think for me it was a little bit easier. I baked into my original job was talk to people, meet new people, write stories about them, ask questions about them. So I think there's a lot for me that sort of came with the territory on, I mean, my job was to just know all the people and find out you know in in the sort of era that was the friday and the life and style sections that i was running it was know who is doing all the live music who's doing anything entertaining for family you know how do you kind of have your hands on the the pulse of all that so i sort of had this built-in excuse to just talk, walk up and talk to people and be like hey i'm aaron you know and then when i got to the why very similar. I mean, I think a lot of my job there was to connect with people. Eventually, when I ended up in sort of a membership sales position, it was also to know the corporations and know the the HR people. And and so I don't know. I think for me, a lot of a lot of the acquaintance network, right? Because there's there's people that you know intimately as like your your true self. And then I, I feel like I have a really vast network of people who I know on an acquaintance mm-hmm. level. Yeah. And I can, and I can, I still care about very much through that. I was also, I mean, I was teaching at a gym for a lot of years as well. So I knew a lot of folks through sort of through that venture mm-hmm. of my life. So I feel like that's, and then, and then there was church, right? So I've been since 2000, probably eight, um, really active in a couple different churches. So I don't know. I mean, I think I think that's that's where it started for me. Like I, I sort of pulled back the curtain and I got to see through all of all of that initial work, 
all these great stories that are happening in mm-hmm. Kokomo, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. All of all of that. And and after a while, I just fell in love with the people. I fell in mm-hmm. love with the people mm-hmm. I was talking to and not just at a like, this is an adorable story to tell, but like, man, I really love what's happening here. Yeah. Sort of the heart mm-hmm. of this community. <laughs> you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is the community that really enjoys the significance of what they've been able to do and achieve and be and to have someone come in new and wanting to really honor that and know that gives them the, the openness to welcome Mm -hmm. you in. Right. Well, we've probably talked about it before. So I went to school in Buffalo and Buffalo man, like, like I have a a love of Buffalo almost as strong as my love (laughs) now of Kokomo. Like people who are from Buffalo or Western New York, they love their city and it's, it's very similar. It's an old steel town, right? Mm-hmm. Bethlehem Steel was was the the main driver of industry in all of Buffalo. And when Bethlehem Steel closed, similar to when the steel factories here closed, the city had to reinvent itself. Right. And so that city has, you know, pockets of of immigrants from all over and it has this sort of burnt out leftover, mm-hmm. you know, city from from what used to be a thriving steel town. <laughs> and then it had to come up with, well, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. And so this was, you know, about 30, 40 years ago that it, that it really began that sort of reinvention. Mm-hmm. And people from Buffalo are proud of that city. Yeah. Do not mess with the people of Buffalo. And I feel like there's a lot of that spirit here that keeps there's a there's a snowball effect that I've seen continue to happen and more and more people are having that pride of place and more and more people are fighting for and digging in and trying to sort of lend themselves to making this place better. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes. I similar similarly to Aaron got connected with a faith community, friends through church, but I also have done something crazy which I learned from a friend. She calls me one day, calls me on the phone, what a not monster. a text, What <laughs> calls me, <laughs> the nerd, the nerd. <laughs> she calls me on the phone and says, hey, I'd like to get to know you better. When would you be free for lunch? Mm. My treat. And I, I mean, I was shook. <laughs> I could not believe this. And it turns out I want, I was like, yes, I. I had. I'm an, hungry. Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> I. She was an acquaintance uh-huh. who I yeah. had admired from afar, and thought, you know, I, I would like to get to know you better. And I thought it was a little weird. And Aaron and I have had this conversation before. I yep. wondered if she was going to try to sell me some kind of, you know, <laughs> what kind of share? What kind of packet what kind of or shake what, or shake. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't. She asked me questions. Then I asked her questions and turns out we're friends now. And so (laughs) this, it, it, that moment on the phone felt strange, but I have taken a page out of her book and decided, you know, I'm not going to be a creep. I usually text. Okay. I may not call you at 8 (laughs) AM, but you know, if I see someone that I'm like, she seems really great. Yeah. We have a lot of mutual friends. I see her around. I'll shoot her a text and say, Hey, no pressure, no rush. But if you're free in the next month, I'd love to get lunch with you. Yep. My treat. Yep. And so far, I don't think anyone has said no because mm. I think it's this and it feels, you know, it's a little vulnerable right. because well then it's like, okay, well, well what's the what's the risk here if they say no? Okay, no worries. See you around. You know, I mean there that's the worst that can happen. So that's my 
it's my secret sauce. <laughs> well, you know, and I appreciate that so much because I've kind of grown into that similar role in that sense. You know, in Las Vegas, we didn't do that. And so I'm yeah. curious what Chicago is like because I even make one of the big stories that I go back to is when I had my daughter, you know, I had so many people sending flower arrangements for my daughter being born. And mm. I was like, in Las Vegas, nobody would have even thought to even stop at yep. the hospital, much less like send me a flower arrangement. Mm-hmm. And I laugh because the community here is just so strong mm-hmm. and people are really there for you yeah. and they don't want anything from you. You know, <laughs> in Las Vegas, it's a very transplant city in the sense mm. that people are very transient. Mm-hmm. They sure. come in from out of state, but they also leave. And in Kokomo, you guys have found yourselves here and you've grown and really blossomed here and the relationships you've made are I'm sure a lot deeper than some of the relationships you had back home. Yeah. Do you even yeah. call that back home? Do you guys still call it back home? Well, I talked my parents into moving here. Oh, so. did. yeah. So that's that's like the the secret sauce for me was like have some grandkids and have retired parents. Mm-hmm. So my mom, after my daughter was born, she'll be eight in January. But after she was born, they sort of looked up and they said like, "Well, we're retired. We can either see our grandchildren twice a year." Or we could see them all the time. There's really nothing anchoring them here. And so they thought about it and I think fought about it a little bit (laughs) and and ended up making the leap and moving here. And it's been fun, honestly, seeing because my again, we're proud New Yorkers and perhaps a little bit arrogant. Mm -hmm. And so the same the same journey I had when I got here was like, oh, these adorable simple small towners how cute are they i mean just like what an arrogant (laughs) right Right. i had had the same thing yeah and and you know oh how sweet they are Mm. like i will pat them on the head and and you know (laughs) and and i've watched them both really go through this journey where Mm. they see and and have found valuable friendships that are that are deep and real and like lifelong like they're people Mm -hmm. that that are like you know like your your squad they found that here in such a cool way. So it's been so fun to sort of watch them mirror kind of what I went through yeah. also. That's so cool. That got me wondering about you, Kalina. Is that what <laughs> keeps you in Indiana? All your right, kids right, in right, right. Now that's a whole nother story. Your children become adults and they take root in a community yeah. that they were not born in. Yeah. And then now you're wondering whether or not to move on. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So that's the next decision within the next 10 years, right? Wow. Is what will we do? Will we, yeah. you know, remain here right. or move on? Yeah. Right? So, And what if they're all in different places? Yeah. That's where my That's where are. you guys are. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of three and there's a brother on each coast and then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> LA, New York, and Kokomo. You know, that would make it easier, I would believe, because then I have choice where I would want to reside. But because our children live in Warsaw, which is an hour and a half north, right? And they're about 20 minutes from each other attending the same services, morning church services. Okay. And they're, you know, they're very connected there with their community. What do we do? So, you know, we're going to be charting a different territory when it comes down to, will we keep roots here and then move on? Or will we... Yeah. travel abroad and then come home yeah so yeah mm. yeah i know those dang kids <laughs> those dang kids well, kalina and i are gonna buy some property in hawaii because they have keychains with her name on them <laughs> they Perfect. do it's the only place i can find my name oh, i did not know 
it's a Hawaiian name. Who knew? Oh, man. Right? But literally, I can go to any gift shop and find my name on a keychain. K-A-L-E-N. Right. But listen, listen, listen. It is a derivative. <laughs> it's a derivative name for Karen. Oh, oh no! Really? <laughs> How unfortunate! I know they used to call me Karen forever. Oh when, no! Years ago, my family would be would say, "Oh my God, here comes Karen!" And I swear, <laughs> this craze about Karen right now is like where it started. Here? I bet you, I bet you. Oh. I don't think did anybody here? My family call me Karen for my alternate yeah. ego. I don't know. I love it. But yeah, it's it's a derivative name for Karen. It's what you would a short name for Karen. You huh. call her Kalina. Huh. Go figure. And it's called Kalana. So, in Hawaii. Oh, hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know. But the that's where our know. property. That's where our property's going. That's where we're going. Get beach property. <laughs> but I won't it. let them call me Karen. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, Aaron, you, you briefly shared a little bit of, you know, your behind your reasons of why you made the leap from the YMCA to join the Kokomo Post. Did you want to share a little bit more about what that process looked like? Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, it was really simple where I prayed about it and I felt like God said go. And I was like, nah, that's a terrible idea. We'll Mm. wait longer. That was really, gosh, I mean, I I watched sort of as, so, so just to back up. So the Kokomo Post, hey, if you're listening and you don't know what the Kokomo Post is, we are, Still figuring that out, but <laughs> but the, the real answer, we call ourselves an infotainment platform, right? So what we're trying to do, and, and Pam and I have spent umpteen hours really talking through sort of the vision and the mission of this, um, because we have a, a tagline that says we make positivity louder, which to Pam and I, that is about an inch deep mm-hmm. in the true mission yeah. of what, what we do, right? So we are creating all kinds of content on all kinds of different platforms, really with the idea um, of inspiring and educating um, and entertaining people. So we have uh, weekly video shows, we have podcasts, we have blog work, we have uh, graphic work. There's all kinds of different things that we're doing, all in the spirit of how can we sort of amplify the good things that are happening Mm -hmm. in Kokomo. Not to say that there is nothing bad happening, not to say that this is, you know, just some sort of oasis of perfection here right it's not there there this is a place that's complex and flawed in a lot of ways however you know and and i think pam you said it the other day everything may not be good but there's good in everything yeah yeah right and so how can we find those places that are beautiful and how can we sort of shine a light and amplify those things and and hopefully continue to inspire people to do more of that right jump in get involved make this place better yeah you know, how can we do that? So that's really what we do on our website, through all the social media channels that we participate in, through all the video work that we're creating. So, but it didn't really start out that way. It started out as, you know, some some memes and some quizzes during mm-hmm. quarantine. Um, yep. We had hired our yep. first employee <laughs> who started on like... March 21st. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we had hired... <laughs> She had put in her notice at her employer. She was involved with radio locally. And we said, we're going to make this investment. We're going to do this real thing. We're going to, we're going to hire. Brie Bragg is incredible. Just an incredible voice in our community. And we said, we think that she believes in this mission too, to, to build into this place. And she started on the 23rd. Yes. The 23rd. Yep. Yes. And was it 23rd, right? Yeah. So... The world was shut down. World shut down. Um, it was it was the beginning of it. What were we supposed to do? We just hired this person and like, 
uh, make some blogs, make some videos. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was crazy because I think at that time, especially people were hungry for something to like give them a little bit of hope and inspire right. them a little mm-hmm. bit. Right. Um, we started a show called The Positive Post where we sort of took some of those great positive stories, lifted them up and and the f- the followers it was incredible mm-hmm. we went almost overnight from 5000 followers to we're at 40000 now i mean just in an instant and and I, because Crazy. i think people are legitimately looking for something to make them smile yeah um, yeah, yeah so yeah, i kind of yeah. watched yeah. that from to answer your question i kind of watched that from afar yeah. and and saw that happening and was like man where do i fit into this is it a coincidence that we and by we it was really drew i mean drew has this vision that he really does have a ten thousand foot vision for everything i mean truly he said to me months before he even approached you for a job he said pam downing is the person who i can't do this without her i know it that's the one that is the person and i was like really (laughs) we know her from church (laughs) i mean not that i didn't believe you right right, but i was like like she what do has you a job. Yeah, like what she is going already on? has. Yeah, she has right, a job. Yeah. She's yeah. gainfully employed somewhere else. She has not approached yeah. you to say that she's looking for another job. Can I also share the connection? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she yeah. works for your brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna look good here. Yeah, yeah. like that's that. What, that's not good. What are you doing? You can't steal your brother's employee. <laughs> and, like, and but he was like, I know it. And he said the same thing with Bree. He said. This is this is the person who's going to help us take this to the next level. And he just has this ability to sort of see this is this is what we're going to do and we're going to go there. And I, I I'm I'm sort of in awe of that because I'm a great operational person. I'm, yeah. Show me where we need to go and I will help us figure out the action steps to get there. I don't know. So it keeps growing. And yeah. I'm like, man, I think this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So yeah, talk about it, it, prayed about it. And there wasn't like a magic moment, really. Where I was like, oh, I, I, because it was like, I had so many pros and cons lists of like, I, what are we doing? Both of us can't work there. Then no one has health insurance. Like, yeah. what, what are all of those very practical, t- t- like tangible sure. things of like, what if, what if it's bad? What if everyone hates it? What if this is terrible? And then we have no end. What are we talking about? And Drew was like, I believe in this. Yeah. And I, I think there is no one better to help lead us than you. I believe in you. And I think, and this is, this is, I think what really did it. He said, if you get to the absolute end of your days, you may do exceptional work at whatever nonprofit you work for. But if you get to the end of your days, will you always wonder what you could have done if you had just taken this leap? Yeah, that's awesome. Right? And I was like, dang it. (laughs) And sitting on the other side of the fence, we were like, what's taking so long? (laughs) And I'm not kidding you. Aaron, you worked... You led the Kokomo Post for maybe a week and a half. And I remember looking up one day thinking, how did we do this without her? You know what I mean? Like all of us could see like, yeah, yeah, she's our missing puzzle piece. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. I I sat on the other side. I didn't know all the internal conversations and the internal processing, but we were like, there was processing. When's your start date? (laughs) You guys were, you were, you were like, let's. Let's and I was like, give me six months. When we really started talking about it, I was like, I need six months to make sure. And I think it's you know I'm a I'm a loyal person too. I I yeah. wanted to make sure that the projects I'd started at the Y would be able to be shepherded yes. to the right people. Yes. Right, like, right. Yeah. In no way did I right. want to like harm them. 
not that well because you well you referenced before you and today you still have a passion oh yeah for what the ymca does yeah, yeah. It, which of course you ended well but well how you end something is how you begin something yes yeah. right yes. right yes. right beginnings and endings we talk about it a That's lot right Pam and I have Pam and I have a very similar I, I think approach to sort of leadership development and also to workplace and so how how do we start how do we end that those are really supremely sort of important milestones and and they matter right like how do we elevate those into things that that people remember and and hold dear and treasure yeah. and even if they don't matter to the individual mm-hmm. in that moment mm-hmm. as you know 27 year old well, when you're 45 and you look back, mm-hmm. you have a different appreciation and perspective. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So, you know, as you're going through that, I kept thinking about the scene from the 2003 comedy with Jim Carrey, Bruce Almighty, and he's like driving <laughs> on the road. and He's like, God, just show me a sign. <laughs> <laughs> and the truck's there with the stop signs all piled up. And he's like, I need a sign. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. That was literally me. I mean, just we, we ended up going away for fall break and I was in the mountains with the family and sitting like quietly, actually like taking a break which is sometimes hard for me. And and that was the time I was like, okay, I have known this for a long time. I have known that this is what I needed to do. I just, I feel like I really held on because there was such a sadness in leaving, you know, this this work community that I just cared for and had and had also worked really hard to like build and be good at the job that I was doing. And, and I don't like not being good at the job I'm doing, right? Like I, we've talked about this. I don't like, going in and sort of having to figure out this playbook. I'm not the 10,000 foot. I want a clear direction for where we're going. And, you know, Drew has this comfort with discomfort that I envy, you know, because he's been since the beginning of building Larison Media, we say he's, he's, you know, building the plane as it's taking off. I mean, like it's, it's, not a place where I love being. I want to be able to execute and I want to be able to know that I'm doing well and I'm great at it. Mm. <laughs> like what a fun and comfortable place that is. But that's not the place where for this season for me where there is potential reward, right? Like learning to be able to trust. And that was the other, the conversation that Drew and I had a lot and not, you know, we are people of faith. And, you know, so coming from sort of that point of view of it's going to be okay. Yeah. We are taken care of like we it, it is OK and trust that we can like take a step and it will be OK. And so that like letting go of that control of like I'm going to white knuckle this and do this all on my own and, you know, and being able to trust not only that, like, I think this really is the next step that that I believe God wants for me, but also I'm going to trust that my husband and I can build this together and we won't kill each other. Cause that's what I was super worried about. I would come in and wreck the culture of the office and like, I would be mean to him or everyone would quit because somehow we'd be like having, you know, uh, marital spats in the like, you didn't make the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Right. Like what happened to them? I don't know. Somebody was something happened on the weekend. I was so worried that we would somehow drag that in. I hope we haven't, or at least not to anything that's like, insurmountable yeah no yeah Yeah. but hard stuff to figure out that's yeah i i agree more and that's you know the fears that come with all those decisions is very real and the fact that you were able to take that leap is it's impressive you were there for so long you know at the y it's like 
the longer you're there, the more comfortable you are. Oh, yeah. To just leave I thought something. I'd retire there. I mm-hmm. mean, like that was the plan. Was I mean, I'm I'm going to keep busting and and working hard, and you know, I I loved that organization. So. It's you just said something that makes me want to ask the question because mm. there's that transition of your natural you naturally gravitate towards certainty, right? Certainty yeah. is, you know, I have a plan, I have a strategy, I have a timeline, I have an mm-hmm. execution. I don't go unless I have some sort of things. I can jump, but I have to have certain guarantees. Mm. Yeah. However, you're a faith-based woman. You love the Lord. You have this grounding about yourself that is willing to take that risk when you know that there's this calling to connect you to something bigger or greater. Mm-hmm. For our diamonds, you know, how do you marry the two? Because that's really um, the tricky, slippery slope for people Mm -hmm. is how to marry. I have to have some guarantees, but I'm also willing to have outer faith and I'm willing Mm. to have this trust that things are going to be okay for me to be able to bet on myself. Yeah. What was it for you? I I honestly don't know how many guarantees that I, I had. I mean, you know, because I really I was leaving a job where, again, I carried the health insurance. I carried all the benefits my childcare was included with my compensation at the time. So I had kids in childcare. I had kids in after school care. And so we really, I mean, ran some numbers and said, okay, this is, you know, we'll have to buy health insurance from the marketplace. You know I mean? We'd have to think through. And so we said, okay, here's, here's the budgetary things that we'll have to. So for me, I think that was a lot of, it, it wasn't that there was certainty, but it was that I had to see it in my head because I knew you know, after after praying and, and not listening for long enough, I knew that this was what I was supposed to be doing. I really did. Yeah. I had that sort of, even though there was sadness to leave something that I knew, and even though there was discomfort in, in jumping into something that I wasn't 100% certain on, I still knew that, okay, this is what I think I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I felt that in my bones to like, ah, this is the next step, even though parts of the next step sucked. I mean, like, yeah. Have it, oh my gosh, I can't tell you how much I cried when I quit. Uh, it was it was awful. I mean, and and my last day was awful because I really so much of of so much of my work has always been really baked into sort of who I am. Mm-hmm. And so in this last eight nine months, it's been a lot of thinking about like, man, I, I don't think that's the way it's actually supposed to be. I don't think that's actually a really healthy place for yeah, me. Yeah. So the 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 stepping out and saying like okay, what's the worst thing that's going to happen, yeah. right? Like very, yeah. what if we're going to catastrophize this, we will fail and I will go get another job. Yeah. And that was really it was the like, what's the worst thing that could happen is my public ego would be, you know, crushed and I would look dumb in front of people, which for me really is one of the worst <laughs> things that could happen. But I will go get another job. I have yeah. a lot of skills. I have a lot of you know, stuff probably that I could offer people and I will go and I will get another job. Mm, and like, that. I love that. Everything else is figure outable. Yeah. And I love the fact that you said figure outable, which is flexible, right? That's a Pam quote. Um, figure outable. Well, that's it, probably a somebody else <laughs> yeah. quote. But it's, a, it's, it's from Marie Forleo. <laughs> yes. I follow her in many ways, but that's one of her. She has yeah. a book called Everything is Figure Outable. And it's, it just talks a lot about pluck and Mm -hmm. initiative and not feeling like something is impossible yeah Yeah. well and i think what 
yeah, that that bit, part of one of the core values that we have at the at the Kokomo Post and at Larson Media is initiative. And we talk about core values a lot, but that idea of everything is figure outable. We will mm-hmm. we will figure it out together. Mm-hmm. If I don't know how, I will ask Pam. She will figure out how we everything is figure outable. Mm-hmm. And sort of having that as as, you know, that piece to constantly big posters literally right above my desk <laughs> that have all of our core values on them. It's so nice to come in and to see that and to, to also to like let myself off the hook for I don't have to know everything. Mm-hmm. But we will figure it out together. I love the fact that you look at life as it's for you and not against you. And that life gives you the opportunities versus the roadblocks and the setbacks. Even though that Mm -hmm. there may be hurdles to climb, everything is figure outable, which Mm -hmm. means that you're flexible to consider what might be an alternative in order to keep the vision moving forward. Mm -hmm. Right? Is that what I'm hearing? Because that's a powerful grounding that's important for people to have within their gut right because some people look at life as if it's against them that people Mm. don't want them to be successful or to achieve Mm. which there are people out here who could set who have setbacks right but when things are figure outable which i love that term it really is saying at the end of the day if you're flexible life will gravitate towards you and you'll find the Mm. solution to be able to have the certainty that you're looking for but be flexible yeah yeah i love that well, thanks. <laughs> that, that's a tip. I, I, all that's credit tip. to Pam and then from Pam, all, uh, credit, yeah, to all credit to Marie. I will send you her info. <laughs> I am a huge Marie Forleo oh, yeah, fan okay, also. So you, know. so, you know, her and Social Squares and all that yep. stuff. She's a very fun YouTube channel, too. Yes. Yep. yes. Pam, now we get to backtrack. And, okay. you know, were you a- actively applying for this job or did <laughs> no. Drew approach you? or Because you said you were working for his brother. Yeah. Was that out of town? <laughs> no. That, this was local. I was working in a church. Okay. And that was kind of my first foray into like, okay, I'm I'm in Kokomo. And I was using my skills. I was part-time. And I'm also a mom. And, and that worked for that specific season. But, you know, with – with anything, there were there were a couple things I'm like, okay, every, everything's okay, but I was like, everything's great. And in my role, sometimes on a Sunday morning, I would be out and about in kind of the main area, the, the church foyer, if you will. And Drew happens to mm-hmm. be a drummer. And so the music team, a lot of times would also be out and about, you know, and we're all like, yeah, we've been here all week. We've heard it all. Like, yeah, yeah. So we'd sometimes groups of us would sit around and chat and there were a few weeks in a row. And then a couple months later, there'd be another week when Drew would just ask me like a funny question, you know, cause these, these hallway chats are like, Hey, how's your how's your son doing? Or like, hey, now what's the best place for lunch after church? You yeah. know, and Drew would be like, so what's the thing you're most passionate about? Yeah, <laughs> uh, like, do you like to write? You know, I was like, <laughs> like, well, open interview. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes. It turns out I do. And then he'd be like, so what are you and Jason doing this weekend? You know, like it would just like you kind of like slip just it into like these funny conversations. In, uh, an interview yeah. question. <laughs> and so after I don't know, maybe like the. Th- third time i was like oh maybe he's but i i i had watched the company from afar you know followed him on social media and thought like they're not hiring mm-hmm. but like huh so i i think i had like the seed had been planted and yeah. i had started like entertaining the idea of like hmm but i had a lot of questions before i started because it meant several things for me personally it meant you know Life's a uh, lifestyle shift from being a part-time working mom to a full-time working mom. 
you know, some childcare logistics, some mm-hmm. like some of the practical yeah. logistics yeah. that I needed to line up. And then it begged the question like, well, is this what I meant to be doing? Do I have yeah. these skills? Do, do Is this what I want to do? So anyway, yeah, no, I, I wasn't actively seeking. I was found. But turns out the more we had conversations and the like I referenced earlier, the more I read through job descriptions and I negotiated with Drew a couple times in there about tasks and things. Yeah. I was like, eh, I don't know if candidly, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> Yeah. Or like, yeah. I don't I don't know if that's the best fit for my skills mm-hmm. um, or my time, quite frankly. And so that that was a great experience for me professionally, because that was really, that was maybe the second time in my career where I had really advocated for myself, mm-hmm. thinking, you know, if, if the other side of this negotiation comes back and says, okay, we're going to have to agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. I need to be okay with that yeah, right. and I need to be ready to move on as normal. Well, and the, you know, again, from my side, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily working at the company day to day, but obviously yeah, yeah. we own this together and we're, right, we're yeah. figuring these things out. And, and I was both a, a, at one at once very appreciative and very impressed with your ability to sort of say, this is what I need. And this is, you know, to come in to do this job, I need this, you know, dollar amount, and I need this. These are some of the other things that I need. And I was like, "Good for you." <laughs> Women do not advocate for themselves. Good for you. We can't afford that. Ah, oh, bummer. <laughs> like all at the same time, I was like, "I am so proud of her," and sad that she will never work with us. Like, <laughs> well, and you know what? That was my tell because I think there came a point in the negotiation process yeah. where it was like. Hmm. Okay. And I remember being, I called my best friend and being like really sad. Yeah. And that was my like, Oh, I I really want want this. this. I really want to do this. The same thing happened to me when I was pregnant. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) We took a test and it was, it was too early. So I was not pregnant and I was really sad. Uh, And, and that's when I knew like we were, we were ready. We were. Yeah. And, and, here we are. And then yeah, a week later, yeah. I took a different test and it was like, oh, we're actually really excited Aww. about this. So. Oh, so cool. But it's the same. I mean, like it was that that moment of like, oh, I I didn't realize I wanted that until I didn't have yeah. it. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I love so, that. And I was so thinking cool. the whole time you were talking about, you know, not being sure if you were the right fit or if you were qualified for some of these things. And it made me think about there's a podcast called Her C-Suite Radio and it's a leadership podcast. And they recently had a woman named Jennifer Justice on, and the episode is called How to Own Your Power. And she mm. talks about she was in charge of managing Beyonce and Jay-Z for a really long time. And long story short, she found herself in a spot where she needed to make a decision. There was no opportunity for her to move up, so she started applying for other jobs. And these positions were all around president of companies. And everyone was denying her. Huh. And she said, you know, why are they denying me? And the big thing was, You've never been president before. And so she starts to break down how, you know, the only way you're going to move into these positions is if somebody gives you the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. the president wasn't president before he became president. So who decided that he was qualified, but right. she wasn't? And so it was really interesting when you talk about women advocating for themselves is yeah. more often than not, we're looking to fill all those boxes before we make that shift. 
not realizing that we can grow into those positions and learn. We're very capable. Yeah. I mean, everything is figured out. Yeah. yeah. My, my best friend just accepted a new position. Gosh, well, not just. It's almost a year now, September of 2020. But I remember in the job application process, she, you know, she'd call me and there'd be this job and she's like, ah, I'm, I'm qualified for everything except these like three or four mm. items on the list. Yeah. I'm like, well, okay. So apply for it and then yeah. learn those things. And also, especially in the job application process, truly, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. You don't hear back. Okay. Apply for another apply one. Apply for another yeah. one. Yeah. Well, that's in, in my time at the Y, I got some opportunities to talk and learn from the CEO search committee for YMCA National, right? So they, these are folks who, you know, there's wiser in 2,700 communities or 2,700 Ys across the country. And so these people figure out who's going to lead them. And what I heard time and time again, I was part of leading the first YMCA women's conference for Y National. And I sat down and they said, women, here's what happens. Time and time again, men apply for CEO positions and women say, I'm not ready. And so they have the same level of qualifications. Right. And time and time again, women sit down and say, I'll wait for when I'm ready and so then we don't have applicants to to you know to even move forward in the process mm. because women are counting themselves out when they shouldn't be right mm-hmm. and so that was that idea of self advocacy and, and 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 doing exactly what you did and saying i know what i'm worth mm-hmm. right and and i believe that i can figure these things out and i will learn them i mean that's so so important i think that's so a lot of times that's so hard to to do right because for lots of reasons we sort of count ourselves out. And and that was such a fun part of watching from afar for your first year at Larissa Media was seeing what I knew of you through church and watching you be like the perfect complement and the puzzle piece that we needed mm-hmm. to continue to grow your skill set, your ability to sort of see and be very operational and be very fine-tuned. It was so fun to sort of watch on the sidelines as like you grew into the, I, I mean, COO that you are now and to see all of those skills come out and you figure them out and like I I don't I don't know if you felt like you had that growth along the way but I I watched it from when you started to like I mean this place couldn't this place would fall without you know thanks and it's such a cool it was such a cool thing to sort of watch you gain steam and build confidence that's what I think I saw in that first year, especially was you just learning that like, not only can I do this, but like, I am gosh darn great at this. Yeah. Thank you. That's so cool. Have you ever seen a giraffe be born? Mm-hmm. That's what I looked like the first oh year. Oh like, <laughs> Shaking on these legs. And well, thank you for, I, I really appreciate your words. And I would say that is, I, I don't know if we're going to dabble into a leadership mm-hmm. conversation, but I... Not every single day, but I I try to, whether people like it or not, (laughs) create environments or opportunities where some of that happens. So like, hey, can you help me? Or hey, can you do this thing? I'm like, well, I'll either not answer, Mm -hmm. which I firmly believe no answer is an answer. answer. (laughs) So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll set a reminder. I'm not ignoring them. I will follow up, but I'll not answer to give them some time and space to Mm -hmm. figure it out. Or I will say, well. Did you try this? How about that? Mm-hmm. And many, many, many times. Let's figure it out. Let's figure it yeah, out. Let's figure yeah. it out. Well, and because a, a lot of our staff is 
young young women first i mean this is their first job and it's been it's been cool to watch them look to you and learn so much about professionalism and leadership and how to conduct themselves and things like that i mean we joke all the time that you're kind of the office mom but there is there's so much of just sort of your presence that they're learning from in how do i carry myself in a in a professional environment how do i show up in those things how do i walk that line between being a friend and being a colleague you know mm. i mean there's there's i don't know that's that's been a cool thing for me to sort of watch them just learn and absorb from you thanks because i love those gals yeah that's pretty cool that is really i took us off topic sorry no 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 actually you know if i can pull something in because i like themes i listen deeply to what people say and so even after what you were talking about just that flexibility to be able to respond there's something beautifully uh, this aroma of just being grounded around who you are right of what you what your impact is and what you can bring to the table so it helps filter your decisions on where mm-hmm. you connect mm-hmm. to and what might be next for you, even if the current environment could be comfortable or uncomfortable. Yeah. You have a way of being able to siphon through what you know you can do mm-hmm. to be able to bet yourself in or count yourself in. Because some people are not very comfortable with, you know, well, I won't say comfortable. They don't know who they are. Yeah. So yeah. if you tell me I'm good, then I'll try it. If yeah. you tell me it'll work and yeah. you see mm-hmm. me and you're your, your, your vision of me is grander and I think yes. that that is powerful for me to step into, then I'll give it my best shot and ultimately fail, it's, right? It's that idea of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And I have, I mean, very, very small examples of, do you know what Slack is? It just sending an internal message to a coworker like, hey, great job at fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, yep. I saw you do this thing. And it was great. And what really? Thank you. And then they do it again. And yeah. they keep doing yep. it. And I was yeah. like, really? Oh, uh, well, oh, no, it was. I'm like, nope, no, no. I, I'm telling you, great mm-hmm. job at that XYZ. thing. That's yeah. right. And, but don't um, we do that, though, as women? I mean, when someone says, hey, you did that great job, you say, like, no, no, I didn't, no, no. It wasn't no. even a really big thing. Oh, it wasn't. Stress, target, $5. Oh, it wasn't yeah. anything, you know. <laughs> no, I just, yeah. or so and so helped. <laughs> the word you're looking for is thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, just yeah. to thank you, but yeah. we, we deflect that so much. I mean, yeah. But I love the mm-hmm. fact that you pinpoint where the greatness was so that it's repeatable. Yeah. Because yeah. leadership typically will tell you, oh, you did a great job. Then you never know really what was great or what is something yeah. you can keep going or keep expanding on. Mm-hmm. And that, I to me, felt sometimes still feels weird. Yeah. You know, because, well, especially if you do it face to face with someone that it hits different. But as the recipient, if someone is looking you in the eyes and listing, you know, Kalina, I see these six things and I list the six things and then I explain them all. Right. I mean, how meaningful is that? Mm-hmm. But it feels weird in the moment. I did that. We're uh, one of our colleagues on her birthday. Mm-hmm. I, was, I said, I'm going to say a speech. I mean, it was just her and I in the office, I think. But <laughs> she was like, oh, this is so weird. And she was a little at the end. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not saying that to I'm saying that as an example of the power of words and the power of calling out specific, specific examples yeah. of great things that's right that's right there's a there's a great book called the one minute manager um, mm-hmm. and then there's another that's the carrot principle mm-hmm. and they yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and and so being able to be specific and and bound by time 
on how do we call those things good and bad right like mm-hmm. yeah and right 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 i think you and i tend to gravitate toward like we are natural encouragers right so i <laughs> yeah. will tell you all the great things that you did and then i will run the other direction sometimes you did a great yeah. job at being late today <laughs> <laughs> but maybe don't do that again yeah. Yeah. thanks for still yeah. coming yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you came yeah, so great job at still being here yeah. at nine. <laughs> oh, nine. <laughs> but i do think there's something powerful about what you said about being great job at even later whatever yeah, sure, sure, yes. but the individual receiving the compliment has to do something very powerful with the affirmation Mm-hmm. And for you, you know, if we're looking at how success is won and how you bet on yourself. You had to take what was said at some point in life and really ground that for yourself to accept that empowerment and then make that part of what you're using to decide if that's what you can be good yeah. at. Right. It, it's it's this is such a liquid space that we live in in the world that people are always wanting us to champion their vision Mm-hmm. their perspective mm-hmm. because drew had a vision but you had to say no nah, not a good use of my time not a good use of my skill set where someone would say yeah 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 sure 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 me 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 you mm-hmm. know give me the opportunity make me feel significant i can i'll champ and i'll figure it out but and in some point in life that can be how we grow but for you diamonds i don't know if you heard it between aaron and between the, the thing that stands out to me is the fact that you were confident enough in your certainty of who you are to be able to say yes and no to yeah. what you can do when you're chartering different territories to say yes to and that's powerful women don't often feel confident in being vocal and voicing yeah what they can and can't do in order to really showcase their power yeah, and I, I want to add that it was very uncomfortable. I bet you it was. Yeah. And, yeah, but it was, it, it, many things that are worth it are uncomfortable. Amen. Amen. I'm Unfortunately. Amen. That's right. Because, <laughs> man, I love comfort. Yeah. 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 Don't we all? Don't, Don't we, we all? all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, doing uncomfortable things is uncomfortable. That's yeah. right. That's but there's right. success in how you approach uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. to become even greater in your comfort or expanding your impact to what you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Flexibility and being grounded in who you are and what you can do to take a bet on yourself. I love this conversation. There's so much coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I love this conversation too. And I love everything that we've been talking about, you know, as we wrap up, I just love to hear from Aaron and Pam, you know, what is one piece of advice that you could give our listeners to help them be more mm-hmm. confident in advocating for themselves going forward? Hmm. Pam, you start. <laughs> hmm. I'll advocate for you starting so I can think more. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me think. One piece of advice on how to be more confident. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, confident. to make them mm-hmm. take that jump. You know, there had to be a moment where, you know, besides prayer, besides just knowing something that helped you pull that trigger that, you know, believed in yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm in my mid 30 I'm I'm 35. I'm almost 36. And so I don't know if some of this has come with age or just kind of the the journey of my life and where my interests lie, but I it was in my early 30s at some point where I had this realization of like, "Huh. Do I know who I am?" Hmm. You know, like yep. I I really love people. 
And I am very skilled at chameleoning myself into mm-hmm. different circles. So if I'm with some professionals, well, sure, I can wear a blazer and say things like, you know, break and I'll circle back. And, you know, like I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Or if I'm with like younger, a younger crowd, I, I mean... Hey, bestie. Uh, hey, bestie. Right? Hey, queen. I mean, I don't necessarily. <laughs> yeah. I, not saying I blend in, but yeah. like I can chameleon myself in these different. And yeah. so th- there came a point where I was like, well, gosh, but who am I if I'm just alone? Mm-hmm. You know, I have all of these different identities in my life and I'm proud of them all. You know, I am who I am. I am. I'm a spouse. I'm a mom. I'm a best friend. I'm a, you know. So I did a little bit of in, no, I did a lot of internal work, I would say in my early 30s of really sitting down like, well, what do I like? Well, who am I? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, have, are you familiar with the Enneagram? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did a deep dive you into did? the Enneagram. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, we are a, very big into oh, Enneagram. Are you really? Yes. I'm actually interested. Uh, I'm, I, yeah. I okay. may have have All some right. flux. We'll, She's we'll a have three. to talk. Yeah. She's got to be a three. Oh, it did did a bunch Are of this work. Literally did some work in in a class, if yeah. you will, and and asked some hard questions and did some hard journaling and really took a look around at my life and was like, huh, there's some things that I want to change. I really like that. And then so I'm like, wow, there's some things that I'm really proud of, and I like that. So. How do I land the plane here? I guess like my, the thesis of my advice (laughs) in how to find confidence in who you are is really taking the time and prioritizing how to, do you know yourself or -hmm. have you been like going through your days doing the things and all of a sudden you're a couple decades and a half in and you're like, oh, uh, who am I? Who am I? So knowing yourself, knowing all about yourself, mm-hmm. what what do you believe in? What's important to you? What's not so important to you that you're willing to compromise on? Yeah. yeah. Like restaurant choices. I don't really care. Um, and, and then, and then owning that, you know, knowing who you are and owning it and being proud of it. And also this is, I can't even believe I'm about to say this because this is big challenge for me. Mm-hmm. But being okay with the fact that some people. Uh, this is, mm, I knew you were going to say this. It, that you are not everyone's cup of tea. Yes. And that that's okay. Because you're your own cup of tea. And then there's a lot of other tea drinkers out there who are going to see you for who you are and really in, enjoy that. I love that. Let me. Lindsay Ogle said who's the, one of the owners of Fade Salon, she said, I believe on a small success podcast that you hosted like a couple years ago, she quoted and she said, you can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world and there's still mm. going to be someone who hates peaches. Yeah. And man, like that quote to, oddly enough, to you that, that she delivered was like, boy, that gutted me. Yeah. Right? Like, mm. I, I mean, I, as, I, you know, again, as an Enneagram I think I'm really an Enneagram 9. I test a lot as a 2. You you are definitely a 2, I think. But man, like that that desire for like I want to be great at what I do. I want everyone to see me in like a really great, wonderful, and that is not going to happen. Yeah. And I think I've had to go through that in watching my little 7-year-old daughter 
who is struggling already with, I want to be liked and I want to be loved and I want to be, you know, valued. And I think there's so much of that that's baked into all of us. And also, that's not going to happen all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, and actually, I I vividly remember that because I think I wrote a blog about that one sentence. And hearing it back a couple years later now, it's so interesting because I don't know if Lindsay meant this, but there's a lot of layers to talk about on the peach thing because it's so true. It like... If you meet someone who doesn't like a peach, I'm not like, wow, you must be a horrible person. You don't like peaches. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's your preference. Cool, that's your preference. You cool, know, cool. like if you're eating lunch with someone and there's they don't like something. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's, it's like no, really no, no big judgment. deal. Yep. No judgment. Yeah, no exactly. Judgment. So, oh man, I need yeah. to think on that some more. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. There, I, mean, I mean, that that to me was influential in me. And like, there's no amount of hustle that I can, you know, I've got a big quote in my office at home, right? And 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 now I'm going to forget what it says. But it it basically says, like, you can't hustle hard enough um, to earn somebody's love. Yeah. Right? Like, oh. there's just no hustle. No. And, like, there, yeah, there is no way that I'm ever going to get what I'm truly looking for by by hustling hard enough. And, like, that, so that I think is is maybe my, my piece of this, and it also came through a lot of therapy, right, was <laughs> this idea of knowing, and even when I don't 100% know it in my bones, continuing to tell myself that I'm enough. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, and that I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, even on the days that, that I don't necessarily feel that, that idea of, you know, I am valuable and I'm enough and I'm not, you know, broken. I think that was, that was a lot mm-hmm. of the, the, the thing that got me to sort of jump out and say, Hey, I've got a lot of gifts to give. Yes. And yes. I think I'm going to give them here for right now. And if this doesn't work, I'm going to give them someplace else. Yeah. Right? But like, know your worth, spend some time thinking about the places that, you know, that you are valuable, you know, for me as a person of faith, the places that I think God has gifted me and that has mm-hmm. put into me, specific things to give back to the world I love right that. yeah I love that. and so spend some time finding out what those are and then yeah. you know if you're someone like me continue to remind yourself that you're enough we yeah. were just talking about that weren't we julie yeah totally yeah. and you know the same thing with the jennifer justice episode she did end up eventually becoming president of a big company and yeah. it just you know awesome. took time right maybe she wasn't the right peach for some of those companies but eventually yeah. she she didn't give up and she claimed that spot and she knew she I was enough it. You know, she knew. She knew she was enough. I love that. This has been so great. Yay. This I has agree. been really great. I mean, I want to say to you, both of you, it's been a treat for me because Aaron, I've known you right for a long time, long time, but in different spectrums, right? But never really hear your heart and never really get a chance to listen to you. So I can get emotional just thinking about it. Just, because just thinking about me I, on a I, body I, pump stage. I mean, my <laughs> God. I mean, my God. Seven o'clock or six o'clock in the morning. Yep, body yep. pump. But, you know, thank you so much for both of you both for being here. This has been a treat for me because, you know, I'm a connector. I love listening to other women. I love you stepping into your power, connecting to that purpose and really creating the plan for people. And this has been a treat and I want you back. I want you back. And we, so we will oh, come back. Yeah. yeah we're we'll we're excited back. to get to talk to you guys Yeah, um, because we nice. also host a podcast together. And yes. So we're going to get to talk even more. Yep, yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah, as we're wrapping up here, I'd love for you to just share, you know, where can our listeners find you and learn more about the Cook Club Post, learn more about each other? Well, you can find us online at thecocomopost.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're 
infrequently on TikTok, but we <laughs> are on YouTube. We're really all the places. Mm-hmm. For right now, we are also located in downtown Kokomo. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Did I forget anything? I like that for right now because, you know, as you caught on this episode, they're growing. So they're looking for a new place to mm. Oh, my us. gosh. What a wonderful problem to have. It is. It's wonderful. And it's, again, it's terrifying. It's the same. All those same things. Do you guess how many pros and cons lists that I'm making? <laughs> and guess how many times Drew is telling me, I know this is where we need to go. So mm. it's oh that gosh. war between head and heart. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So this has been a real treat. I kept thinking as you were talking about Drew and, you know, his ability to build the plane as it's taking off. Oh. And it made me think about there's this book by Chris Kremitzos, and he's a podcast OG. And he has a book called Start Ugly, A Timeless Tale About Innovation and Change. And sometimes, Ooh. you know. Book club. Write it yeah. down. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll ask you for that, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you, you know, when you're starting something new, you don't know what's going to happen, but you mm. have to be willing to start. And that might not look very pretty, right? Sometimes it's just going to have to be starting ugly. Mm. And I like it. We do a monthly book club and, and Pam leads note. that. So yeah. she, she's, uh, she's already, I can tell. Yeah. $5 Order. on Kindle. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Done. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been so great having you ladies and, you know, we look forward to many more conversations with you. Until next time, diamonds, shine bright. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it. Share it with people you care about, people you think this will benefit. Share with your team or colleague who is having a difficult time and is looking for solutions. We all want to help people live empowered, to know what to do when faced with uncertainty. And I believe that these ideas can help others have that success. So please share it. But also follow us on our hashtag community power purpose plan and tell us what you think and how this episode has helped you. Diamonds, you have a choice to live connected to progress and growth. You deserve it. And it is yours to have. Live life, my friend, and be encouraged to step into your power purpose plan today. Until next time, take care.